Well, hello and welcome back to the Living with Power Hope podcast. We are finishing up the leadership edition of the Hope podcast today. And what a fun series it's been. I don't know if you think it's been too long or too short, whatever it is, it's over today. And we'll do more on leadership down the road. But in the meantime, you can catch the entire series on iTunes at the Living with Power Hope podcast. Or you can download our app, the Living with Power app. We've got tons of materials there for you. We've got devotionals, we've got faith boosters, you name it, we've got it. And uh, uh, you can also uh, go to our website and subscribe. If you subscribe, you'll get daily devotionals called The Morning Minute. It'll take you literally a minute to read and it will uh, encourage you throughout the day. Um, We love creating resources for you, biblical truth for everyday life. Uh, We want you as Christians to keep hoping in God. And for those of you who are struggling in your hope, uh, this is what this is about, is to helping Christians find their hope in God again. And so uh, wherever you are in your journey with Jesus, uh, we want to um, create ways for you to connect with him afresh. And uh, we love him and we believe in hope. We believe that Jesus is the hope of the world. So we're wrapping up the leadership edition here with uh, the, the last episode that I've called Three things I wish I'd been told about leadership, okay? A little reflective here at the end. Um, I love Jesus, and we've looked at him, and I, uh, I I think that he's done so much in my life to, to draw me closer to him. And, and that's the most important thing that I can tell you is that whatever it is that's happening in your leadership is meant to draw you closer to him. But I'm going to give you three sort of big ideas that so far in my mid-age um, he's, he's taught me about leadership. And here, here's the first, and, and I don't mean this to discourage you. I just mean it to, actually, I mean it to encourage you. Number one, it does not get easier with time. I actually believe that, uh, not just about leadership, but, but a lot of aspects of the Christian life. Uh, I think we think that if you've been a Christian for a while, somehow you'll finally get to the stage where it will be easy. And I think there's nothing further from the truth. I think the godlier you are, the more obedient you are, the more Satan's going to attack you. I, I've given a talk for singles, and I've made that same point in singleness. The longer I'm single, the harder it is to be single. And there's seasons where you're stable and such, but but the, when the attack comes and when the discouragement comes, it's it's deep. And... Um, and, and it's important to have a strategy to fight with faith. Same with leadership. It does not get easier with time. Time and experience don't always make leadership easier. You might be more seasoned. Some aspects of the job might be easier. But the leadership challenges, as your uh, capacity grows, as your responsibility grows, as the stewardship issues that you're taking over grow, uh, the pressure will get greater. And uh, time and experience, uh, by the way, here's, here's one way that it doesn't get easier with time. Time and experience do not always grow your, your platform. And that's something that you have to wrestle with. Um, you could have been a, a leader, especially in ministry. By the way, in the workplace too, you might be leading your business and have killed yourself for the past 10, 15, 20 years. And maybe when you started, you thought, if I put in a good 10 years, it'll pay off. And it hasn't yet. And that's hard. And that's not because you're a failure. And that's not because God hasn't shown up for you. See, that's human ways of thinking. That's where people fall into a crisis. And, uh, and all of the patterns of sinful behaviors and discouraging behaviors and, and anger behaviors and despairing behaviors because... Um, we think that God is pleased with us and the indication of it is that our business grows, our ministry grows, we get more platform and we save more lives. First of all, we're not saving lives. Jesus is and he is sovereign and in control and none of us ever have to open another, our mouths to say another word and he could still save the people that he wants to save. That doesn't mean he doesn't want to use us to, to help spread the gospel, but saving people is his business and impacting people is ultimately his business. He uses us and it's an honor, but a person who is leading crusades, like say Billy Graham or anybody else that you look at who's leading crusades is not any more favored by God um, than uh, the 85 year old woman who is in, you know, um, Pound, Wisconsin, 
uh, who is reading her Bible and faithfully praying for her family members and uh, never had a chance to leave Wisconsin or the county. All right, I know people. I'm from Green Bay. I know people who've never left the county. And that doesn't make them any less favored. Again, same with leadership. Just because you're a leader, I, I, we, we've addressed that before. You can go back and listen to the episodes. Um, but it's hard because sometimes when you look at your life and you go, man, I've been doing this for 20 years and I have experience. Why isn't it growing? You can either make it about you. I'm not enough or about God. God is not enough. And neither is the right answer. Now it means you might need to look at your life and say, where do I need to change? You might need to ask God, God, what is it? Like, what are you trying to show me? Okay. But, but, but that's a, that's a challenge. I'm just making a point. It doesn't get easier with time because you're going to have to wrestle with that. And how you answer those questions will determine how joy, how much joy you experience in your life and your ability to talk about these things openly with others. I remember there's a point in my leadership where I was ashamed to admit to people, like, my platform has not grown as fast as I thought it would. It's just the truth. I mean, I love you guys. I love that you, I keep telling you every week, my, my assistant, Irina, said I should tell you to share this stuff. I, you know, I want you to share it because I believe we give you quality stuff. But at the end of the day, it, I mean, it, it is what it is, you know, like, I mean, could we do things better? Maybe, but, but again, this is who we are and, and, and you have to accept it and you have to do the best you can with what God has given you in the place that he's put you and trust the outcome to him and continue to be faithful as Eugene Peterson Peterson says in a long obedience in the right direction. And the more content you are with that, the more happy you will be. And so does not get easier with time. Time and experience uh, does not make leadership easier. Time and experience does not always grow your platform. Time and experience does not mean God is um, done working on you yet. All right. Uh, let me say that again. Uh, just because you've done this for some time and just because you've got experience doesn't mean God's done working on you yet, which means the pressure is going to still come. You will be sanctified, except sometimes it might take more pressure. Uh, particularly if you become more financially solid and power is at your fingertips. And I've seen pastors and mega churches become victims, frankly, because they bought their own press and they thought they could run the world. And for a minute, they forgot that they were not God and they acted like they were and it's brought their demise. And may God protect us from that. And so, and, and again, I would go back and say, uh, let those closed doors come. Let those, um, you know, hard experiences come because they might keep us on our knees and that's a place we need to stay. So it doesn't get easier with time, but that's not a bad thing. Here's a second big um, thing I wish I'd been told about leadership. Uh, really, ha this is how I've been fl framing it because if I'd been told those things, I might not have been so surprised when they happened. Like I thought it would be easier. It's not. I thought the platform would naturally grow as we did our job. It hasn't to the extent that we want. It's growing, but not to the extent that we want. On and on. All right, you get the point. Three things I wish I'd been told about leadership. Number two, not everything has a perfect formula. No one told me that. And maybe they did and I didn't listen. I think that's sometimes maturity too. Is, is I, I think you grow in understanding that. But not everything has a perfect formula. One leader's formula might not be the formula God has for changing you. So just because a strategy worked for 10 other people doesn't mean it's always going to work for you. Now, there are some universal you know, tips, show up to work on time or early, stay a little extra if you need to, you know, don't like for me, don't leave your charts unwritten. I have a, I have a sort of a rule. Like I finish my charts the day I see the patients. I don't put them off. And not everybody does it, but it works for me. And so there's certain things that, that we make religion out of. Oh, if you follow these three leadership rules, and by the way, people have sold books and made millions of dollars by saying, if you do it this way, it's going to succeed. And you go back to, well, what defines success? We have an episode on this. You can go back and listen to it. And again, just because it worked for them may not be what God has for you. So one leader's formula might not be the formula God has for changing you. One leader's calling is not your calling too. 
You, you see how critical this is? Um, it's so easy to compare yourself with others thinking that you're comparing apples and apples, but you may be comparing apples and oranges. Uh, if you're a follower of Jesus and they're not, that's apples and oranges. If you're both followers of Jesus, you may be called to one thing, they may be called to another, apples and oranges. And on and on and on. You see, you bring certain baggage to the table. You have a, a family tree, a, an ethnic background, a, a traditional or beliefs that, you've, that have impacted the way that you respond, that God might be trying to dismantle and change in you. Uh, whereas they may have different baggage, you see, so you can't, you don't know the full stories where I'm going with this. Again, could their advice be helpful? Yeah, maybe. I'm not saying be like, I'm not listening to anyone, la, 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 la. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, don't turn it into a formula. Not everything has a perfect formula. One leader's strengths and weaknesses are not your strengths and weaknesses. They may be playing off a strength that you don't have, frankly, or vice versa. Um, God uses different means with different people to accomplish the same result. What is that result? Christ-likeness. Christ-likeness. God uses different means with different people to accomplish the same result, which is to be like Jesus. So stop asking God, why is he doing it this way in me versus them? His goal is not for you to sell more books or to lead more people to Jesus or to make more money for your organization. No, these are all... <laughs> sorry, human goals. God's goal for you is to become more Christ-like. And he's using your gifts and your leadership to impact the church, to impact the world, to show God's kingdom. You know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You are a reflection of God's kingdom in your workplace. You're light in the dark world. Uh, but ultimately, he's working in you and through you to expand his kingdom and glorify his son. He's, and that happens when you become more like Jesus through the difficulties and through the blessings. So three things I wish I'd been told about leadership. doesn't get easier with time. Not everything has a perfect formula. And number three, what is happening in you is always more important. I, I had written as or more important. What is happening in you is always more important than what is happening through you. I had it equal as, as I initially wrote, what is happening in you is always as or more important than what is happening through you. I would qualify and say what is happening in you is always more important than what is happening through you. I think they're both important, but I wish I, that I had been told, but I don't think I heard it well. Um, or I just sort of thought I'd be the exception. Like, I, I guess I thought that if I learned it at 20, then God was done with working in me so now he could work through me but it's not a one point step number one and then you know the next decade is step number two it's continuously both okay so god is constantly working in me to accomplish through me equally important i don't know but certainly again you go back to philippians 1 6 my life verse being confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perform it until the day of jesus christ to work in you not through you, in you, in you. What is that work? It's it's sanctification. It's change. It's those sin habits that you can't break. God still wants to free you from them. Those those destructive beliefs about him, about about you, about people around you. God wants to free you from them. The, the idea that security comes with a bigger income or a better house or or a vacation, if you have, uh, or the lie that if I just got these experiences, like I, I follow this, no, I actually stopped following it. I couldn't handle it. It's that family. They're, they're all gorgeous. They're like, go around the world. They pay them to travel the world. Like, forget what they're called. They always have these promos. I couldn't watch them. But but it's like, we think, oh, if I just go to, you know, Machu Picchu or or, or, or to ride a camel in the Sahara, then my life will be complete. Well, I, I've had a lot of experiences and I'm telling you, they don't complete you. They don't complete you. You still wake up with yourself and, um, 
uh, while your body is in this world, well, you know, physically you're in this world, your heart uh, ought to be in the heavens. And this, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What do you treasure? Uh, John 18, 37, I jotted down here. You can look for it later. Uh, while your goals are important to you, God's goals for you are even more essential. You might, have, you might have woken up today, you've got goals written down, and they're very important to you. They're very important to the people in your life. Maybe you wrote them down as a family. Uh, God has goals for you too. Can you, can you get a load of that? Like, can, you, can you just think about that for a minute? That God, the creator of the universe, almighty savior, has goals for your life. All right. Uh, how about you ask him about them? Imagine that. Uh, we just think we've got the plan and God is going to help us execute it. But what if we had the wrong plans? And what if for a change we came to God and, uh, and admitted this? God, I didn't see this, that you're working something in me, that you might have dreams and goals for my life. And, uh, and maybe you ask him, God, what are those dreams and goals that you have for me? And maybe God starts reshaping the things that, that you're passionate about, your longings, your dreams, so that the things that used to be important to you might not be as important to you anymore because now you're following God's heart. And man, I just thinking about that brings me such peace. Um, while your skills and, 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 and gifts will open more doors for you, God's spirit in you is what will transform you even more deeply. Um, uh, so that you can be used even more mightily. That you know, that reminds me of that verse. I can't think where it is now. In Proverbs, I know it's in Proverbs. Uh, it talks about how your gifts will make room for you. My friend Mary uh, uh, encouraged me with that verse recently. Like we don't have to push so hard. God's given you gifts, and I want to, as we conclude here, this this leadership edition, I, I really want to challenge you, leaders. God has given you a leadership gift. I think if you made it this far into this edition, then you recognize that in, in your sphere of influence. And maybe you've started, so many of my friends have started working for pyramid organizations. I have several friends who sell hair products and Plexus and different things on Facebook. And I've seen them rise through leadership. People that, I, frankly, may not have called themselves leaders, leaders before, but you see their leadership gifts grow. And I'm telling you, that might be you. You never used to think of yourself as a leader, but God has put you in a place. And now, and maybe after whatever number of sessions we've done here, I planned for 20. I don't know how many arena my assistant has run, but whether it's 15 or 20, I, uh, um, uh, you've learned some things about yourself. You see your leadership in a new light. You know, I want to, I want to encourage you leaders. Like God is faithful. He's put the thing in you and he's going to grow it. And, and, and your job as you go back to John 15 is to abide. Again, we started thinking about Jesus and thinking about Jesus. That's what he did. He just abode, abided, whatever the word is with his father. He made it a point to commune with him. So again, you go back to leadership as an identity, brokenness, uncommon communion, obedience, and servanthood. You focus on the basics. You just grow in your obedience and your surrender. You go, man, but, but you don't understand. I work for a hospital. I'm a neurosurgeon. I'm, yes, even there. Uh, by the way, those high-level doctors, um, I have worked with doctors who love Jesus, and you'd never even, like, like you can be the head of the Department of Brain Surgery of the best hospital in the, in the world. I'm telling you, they are meek and godly, and, 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 and you'd never beg them and there's people I've met men who have been uh, leaders uh, uh, CEOs of big fortune 500 companies and I've run across them and in, in various organizations uh, uh, conferences and different things like that and and those who are pursuing after Jesus you would look at them and think man these people are so meek they don't even seem like the high-powered leader that you ex expect that person to be why because they've modeled and they've been immensely successful most of us would dream of that sort of success why the why because they have modeled 
their life and their heart after Jesus, not after the world. So I don't care where you're leading. Maybe you're a leader in ministry. Some of the worst examples of leaders have been in ministry. But you take your eyes off of them and fix them on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy before him um, was willing to walk the road that he did and uh, and now serves as an example for us. It says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Some of you leaders are enduring the cross right now. Despising the shame, he killed that shame so that you and I never have to be ashamed. You don't have to think, well, I'm not enough. I'm not doing this enough. I'm not producing enough. Just destroy that thought. And, uh, and now, of course, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the throne of God where he's making intercession for us. So when we talk about hope, that is our hope. It's that we're not judged by how we do, but by Christ in us, but what he is, by how we respond to the pressure in our life, by what comes out, and, and that will reflect him the more time we spend with him. So that, that's the conclusion of it. At the end of the day, a godly leader, a growing leader, is a leader who models his or her life after Jesus. So I know at the end of the series, you probably have more questions than when we started. Hey, down the road, we can do more on leadership. But for now, I want you to know that we're praying for you. You, every session I've ended by giving you my email. I do this for a reason because we want to hear from you. Many of you have followed up on that. It's Lena, L-I-N-A, at livingwithpower.org. Um, so many resources. Maybe I'll go ahead and, and list in social media this week some of the great uh, uh, books and resources that have been so helpful to me in leadership. I've mentioned Peter Scazzaro so much, so he's somebody that you might want to check out. Um, but really just just uh, look at our resources, of course. I've told you before, uh, this whole series is going to be available on iTunes and our website. You can download our app. It's uh, our, our website is livingwithpower.org. Our, uh, our uh, app is the Living With Power app. Imagine that. And um, hey, if you ever are looking for a speaker, I'm, I'm available. Um, and, and we'd love to serve your church. You know, um, one of the blessings in my life is that I um, have a day job. And so a lot of flexibility where, where I can go and how I can do it uh, without a lot of pressure of, you know, how are we going to pay her, etc. So put together a group of people and, and we'll get together and try to see how God uh, might um, uh, might. might Use me for the benefit of the kingdom in your neck of the woods. Hey, I, I love you guys, your faithfulness. You're showing up here every week. Uh, the next time we uh, bring, come together again for the Hope Podcast, uh, I don't know what we have planned. I really haven't planned that far yet, but know that uh, it will be honoring to the Lord and it will be exciting and uh, it will hopefully be something that will be extremely useful for you. So I love you and I'll end with that. And maybe since I have... Uh, my nephew Samuel here, he can also say, we love you, but Jesus loves you more. We love you, but Jesus loves you more. There it is, out of the mouths of babes. Love you guys. Have a great day.